Welcome to Brain Slides, the presentation podcast for teachers, helping you present better to teach better. Welcome back to the Brain Slides podcast. I'm Nathan Cashin, your host, and with me today again is the wonderful Mike Pulsifer. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm coming to you from sunny San Diego in my parents' backyard. I'm on a bit of a vacation this weekend. Uh, so I'm sh- we're going to play with this this environmental feel. We've got some wind chimes, some birds, you know, the ocean breeze coming in. So I hope that's not too distracting, but I thought it would be fun to bring a different feel to the podcast. For an ambiance. Yeah, <laughs> get a little more relaxing. We've had some really great shows uh, but I think as our listeners have probably noticed, they've been getting longer and longer. And it's just because there's so much to talk about. Uh, but we do want to keep playing with the podcast format. And we're going to hopefully today we're trying to keep it short. You know, some people want some concise, um, quick chunks of information that they can digest easily. Uh, others, I think, enjoy the conversation. And I know certainly we enjoy that in our, our chat with Anna Fazan last week was great. Uh, so I don't know that we're sure exactly how this is going to work out in the end, but I think we're just going to play with it and try some different formats. Absolutely can't hurt to try. But I, but, but I must say, I definitely uh, appreciate the great feedback we, we got from the, the Twitterverse uh, for that last episode. And I've been getting messages on Facebook and yeah, it's great, and I think there's some other designers out there that are interested in coming on the show and sharing some of their favorite presentation design topics. So, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Can't wait to, to have them on. That that uh, that that format with the, the three of us, I, I thought it just went absolutely amazing. Thank yeah, and, and if we do want to keep it short, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to have more than one <laughs> other guest because, man... Right. The more people you get, the more that we keep on talking. Uh, but we are going to bring on some teachers. Uh, that's always difficult to schedule. You know, they're busy with their time. You know, being a designer is great because you kind of work on your own schedule, so you can fit things in. But when you're doing a, you know, seven in the morning until four in the afternoon teaching, then it's hard to get them on. But we've got a few teachers out there that are lined up, and we're just trying to get them scheduled in. We mentioned last week a book by Dan Pink that came out a few years ago called A Whole New Mind, and it's a discussion of how today's world is going to be dominated by those that think differently. We talked a bit about thinking differently as far as thinking visually, and we want to continue with that and talk about how to think like a designer. Dan Pink's book goes through a variety of different topics of things that he believes are important in today's world, such as telling a story, um, having empathy, and playing, as well as design. And his chapter on design is really interesting. And the part that I want to focus on is a section, after he discusses all the design things, He's got a portfolio section in which he gives suggestions on how to start thinking like a designer and what things you can do to become your own designer. Not professional, not, you know, you're not going to get paid for work, but you're going to incorporate good design into things that you do. And uh, I believe that design is a very important concept. And so I thought we'd talk about a couple of these ideas. Mm Mm-hmm. 
his first suggestion is to keep a design notebook. Uh, so keep a small, whether it's a little moleskin or whether it's even just one of those tiny spiral bound, and bring it around with a pen wherever you go and keep your eyes open and notice different designs. Notice how they're functional, how they are um, aesthetic, and what types of designs work for you. Have you been doing this, Mike? I haven't been keeping a notebook, and I probably should because you know, as I'm getting older, I you know don't quite have the memory that I had when I was much younger. So I can't just assume I'm going to remember everything I see. Um, but along those lines, though, I, I've definitely since since I started getting religion when it comes to uh, more you know employing more effective slide design, uh, I have been noticing and taking note mentally of designs around me and it's kind of funny i just got watch got uh finished watching a um, fairly old movie um with my wife today uh every which way but loose and you know while she may have been watching this, the movie you know paying attention to the story i was i was noticing the designs of the cars. I was noticing the designs of the signs on these storefronts that, you know, we're talking a movie from the, the mid to late 70s, and I mean, design was so much different then. And really? I, 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 yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, and, and you just, it, it, it really, you, you just start thinking, well, you know, yes, design is, is, temporal in the sense that it's timely i mean you, you can you can pin a design down based on when it was created just by that was the style of the time but you know good design then is good design now as well it may have looked a whole lot different the fonts may have been a whole lot different it may have looked cheesy according to our taste now but a lot of the good designs then were just as functional as the good designs now so Dan Pink mentions the two um, aspects of what is good design. And in his opinion, it is a combination of two things. One is utility. You could also say functionality, usability, and significance. Um, and he says that utility is enhanced by significance. So the utility is whether something is usable, whether it works the way it's supposed to, but... The significance, um, I think, is, is you know how desirable it is to use, um, uh, in whether it's maybe a pleasure to use. One of the words he kept using throughout that book um, is meaningful. Uh, having designs that are meaningful, um, and. Really, that that can be a, a, a an abstract, touchy-feely concept because something that resonates with someone at an emotional level is meaningful, uh, just as much as a design that that makes it insanely easy for the user to do what it is that they want to do without even thinking about the design of whatever it is that you've created for them, be it a document, a slide, a mobile app or even an appliance. 
So it, it goes beyond just even just providing the bare utility, the functionality. It go it's you know the significance is, is really about how meaningful it is to the the user. Right. I liked your your mention of signs in this movie, and there's a great example of when you're driving around in your car, uh, you can notice some very effective design. And so if you take a look at street signs, they are very simple, two colors at most uh, per sign. So if you on the freeway, our signs have a green background, and that's because it's most reflective. Uh, but then it has bold sans serif type on it so the the lettering is not all squiggly and you know it's very straight lines clean edges because that's simple to read so you can see it from far away and that that is both functional um but i think there's also that aspect of meaningfulness because the importance of that design is safety of drivers yeah and even that font isn't just a a uh, sans serif font that they just pulled out of the drawer. Uh, that that there was a lot of you know research went into that that particular font. Uh, the they had to have a, a font that was easily readable, uh, very quickly, um, in even poor light conditions. And they toyed around with different fonts with different x heights, different widths, etc. Um, that provided a font that was more than just it was very utilitarian but also as you said meaningful I also don't take carry around a paper and pencil um, I just use my iPhone and when I'm driving around or if I'm walking around uh, a campus or even in the grocery store and I see something that has good design I snap a photo of it and mm -hmm. you know I've been posting some of these things to my Tumblr blog, which is just kind of a, a short, quick, easy way to blog. Sure. And I remember a, few, a couple years ago, I was, you know, probably a late night in the in uh, on campus studying, and I went to the vending machine to grab a snack. And as I was punching in the keys, I was kind of paying attention to to make sure that I didn't punch in the wrong one, because you know I like Snickers, but I don't like getting a Twix or, you know, something something like that. And I noticed that there was no possible way that I could have punched in the wrong number because of the way that they had the, you know, the different candy bars next to each other and the letter number combination that they used. E6 was not right next to E7. I There's no way that I could type in the wrong number and get the wrong type of food. So I thought that was a great example of design that's right. all around us. Yeah, and to be fair to Daniel Pink, um, you know, like you said, you don't carry around a pencil and you know notebook. I don't either. I got I've got my iPhone, um, but his book came out in two thousand five, two thousand six. So no, there was no iPhone at that point. Now that doesn't make that doesn't mean his books any less relevant. It's just instead of a pencil and paper notebook, our notebook is digital. Another example or another suggestion that he gives is to channel your annoyance. And so he says to pick out a household item that annoys you. I think we all have this. We have something that we use day to day and we just get frustrated. Ah, oh, it doesn't work right. And he says, take it to a coffee shop or, you know, just sit down at your kitchen table and 
for five to ten minutes, sketch out ways that that device or that item could be better designed. That's a good idea because, as they say, necessity is the mother of all invention. And it's usually either just a need someone identifies or um, something that is really just annoying. They want it. They want something that works better, and they put their time, energy, and creativity into coming up with something that's better. I mean, if if everything is if everything is great, you're not going to be necessarily inspired to come up with anything better. An old school friend of mine, when I was back in elementary school, uh, loved skateboarding, and their father would notice them out out on the street, and they kind of lived on a hill. And if they were skating down the hill and happened to hit a tiny, tiny rock, their skateboard would stop, they'd go flying off and scrape up their knees. And so their father thought, well, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to design these skateboards so that they're safer. And he came up with what became very well known um, maybe 10 years ago, which were extreme wheels. And they were really big rubber wheels that would fit onto a skateboard. And... These things kind of took off, and I, I remember even seeing on MTV some skateboarders doing kind of off-road skateboarding. Mm-hmm. So there's a great example of just things all around us can, you know, if you look at them in a unique way, you can find an innovation and create something new. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's uh, just a couple of the examples from Dan Bink's, Pink's book. Of course, we're not going to go through and read them all for fear of a lawsuit. Uh, we will put a link in our show notes and again you can find the podcast feed at brainslidespodcast.com and I include links every time that I post one of our episodes there so they uh, will give you a link to find the book um, and to anything else that we might discuss before we go I want to share a pick and mine is another resource that you could use to help improve your design. And it is a website, an online website and magazine called Before and After Magazine. And you can find it at bamagazine.com. And this is a wonderfully skilled designer who has put together some PDF magazines that you can purchase and learn some very simple and well-put-together design concepts, such as what is the right typeface that I should use, How do I design a logo? How do I find the perfect color? So many of these things can be applied not only to presentations, but to some everyday things. He he teaches you how to make a holiday card, a very personalized and well-designed holiday card. Uh, There are some free, uh, um, free downloads of some articles that you can get off of his website. He also produces a podcast. It's a video podcast in which he gets some questions from listeners and goes through how to redesign something to make it better. So BAAMagazine.com is a really great resource for those that are trying to become more like a designer. Now, how much do these cost? You can purchase uh, the entire collection of all of their articles from the past for $179. Uh, it's also a monthly subscription that you can subscribe to. Uh-huh. Um, 
I'm sorry, it's, I guess you, you subscribe by article amount. And so if you pay $36, you get 24 PDF articles. That you, it's not bad. You can go through his collection of articles on design topics and pick the ones that are most relevant to you. And for $36, uh, you know, that's maybe a week's worth of lattes. You can have a collection of fabulous, really fabulous uh, design instructions. So I, I think it's a great, great website and some great articles, as well as a great podcast to listen to every once in a while. That's a great deal, and you save yourself on the uh, the caffeine uh, after effects. <laughs> well, Mike, no, do you have anything to share? Sure. Yeah, and I I get. This one from an email. Um, I just one of those those times when, with you know, several months ago, I I, I clicked on that link. Says, yeah, sure, send me some updates on this. And um, and I got an email from Jumpsoft. I know I, I might have I may have mentioned in, in a previous uh, episode uh, some theme packs that they have. But this one just came out. It's called their speech pack. And now I know Anna last week inspired me to actually open up Illustrator. It's one of those apps I, I have. I, I maybe open it once every six months. I'm going to be using it a lot more. Um, but for those who don't have sophisticated design tools like that and want um, to utilize some really smart-looking themes, um, there's Speech Pack, which is actually, interestingly enough, available on the Mac App Store. Uh, these are for Keynote. Sorry, PowerPoint users. Um, but, yeah, some of these are kind of a little more playful. They're not necessarily professional. But there's a few of, in, few of them in here that are actually, I think, pretty pretty smart, especially if you're in a... Uh, a business or an educational type environment where they there's not so much fluff in there that it gets in the way of the, the, way of the content. And yeah. really, if only, I'm sorry, yeah, and if only a, a couple of them are um, really worthy of using, 10 bucks is hard to beat because uh, you can hire a professional designer and expect to pay a ton more than that. Oh, these are only and $10? Ten dollars for ten themes. Oh, okay. I think I'm going to go buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. Right after this, I'm going to be clicking by myself. This, these are. I mean, I I can see in here two, maybe three that I probably would be using on a fairly regular basis um, because I mean they're just so well done. Um, and and even still, if if you had a a they need to actually put together a little bit more playful one. They've got uh, they've got those in there as well. I mean that amber notice one is yeah they use a cartoon for the the, the basic image that they put in there, but it really sets the the tone for that theme. Um, not something you would use necessarily in a work environment, but um, but in a, in a certain circumstance, it, I mean it's, it, they look I'm smart to me. I'm loving this Amber Notice one. You know, one thing that I find teachers do all the time is they try to find a way to really entertain their students. And unfortunately, a lot of times what that ends up looking like is PowerPoint, you know, zooms and sounds and things flying all over the screen. 
Well, this is a great, simple solution to that because you're using a comic book theme to kind of present the information. I think this is fabulous. And for a, for a buck, for this one, <laughs> wow, that is a great deal. Yeah. I mean, just a, a couple of my favorites right there. I mean, it would be Guidelines, Mercury Block, and Suede Sensation. I mean, it just you've got little design elements in there, so it's not just a plain background necessarily. But you also avoid what you see in a lot of stock uh, stock templates, where you've got these huge blocks of images or banners for your um, for your slide titles that just get in the way of any other attempts to use the slides you know, in a more intelligent way. Um, I, like I said, I think these are just, you know, for a buck per, you just can't beat that. I'm also really loving this bulletin board one. I can see this being very handy in the classroom, you know, yeah. when, once a day in the morning when you're going over the bulletin board. And... Yeah. You know, I'll say these designs are very simple. I could probably go and design these myself in Keynote and create a theme, but mm -hmm. for ten bucks, I'm not going to bother. This is yeah. this is really great. Great pick, Mike. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Brain Slides podcast. You can find Mike online at mike-pulsifer.org and follow him on Twitter at mike p u l s i f e r. I'm Nathan Cash and your host. You can find more information on Brainslides at brainslides.com. Download the Brainslides podcast at brainslidespodcast.posterous.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Brainslides. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.